0: Amen. All right, well, we're there in a very interesting chapter, Leviticus chapter number 15, and it's not exactly Psalm 23, you know what I mean? It's not the type of chapter you go to and it just brings a tear to your eye, but um, it's the Word of God. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's all, all of it. It's profitable, and we're supposed to learn it and teach it and understand it. And I want to give you some thoughts tonight out of Leviticus chapter 15. We'll just start right there in verse number 1. Notice what it says. And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When any man hath a running issue... I want you to notice those two words there. Running issue out of his flesh, because of his issue, he is unclean. Now this chapter is dealing with the, the word running there, running issue. That's that the, the, the words, the Hebrew words that are translated running issue. In other places in our King James Bible, the same words are also translated as flowing or gushing out. And what's being taught here is that God is teaching the children of Israel that if somebody has a running issue, that, that's a, a cut or a sore that's flowing, that's gushing, something that's being discharged, from their body he's teaching them how to deal with that and and there's the primary application is physically just trying to keep them uh, from from spreading disease you know because the, he's talking here about blood, but of course you know he could he's talking about like if someone has an infection if you've got an open sore and you 've got pus gushing out of you you know discharging from your body that's what he's physically uh, referring to. In fact, look at verse 31 just real quickly. Leviticus 15 and verse 31. Leviticus 15, 31. Notice what he says. Thus shall ye separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness. Notice what he says. That they die not in their uncleanness when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. So the primary application is he's literally teaching them how to keep from spreading disease, how to stay healthy, how to stay strong. But we know that the Old Testament, a lot of these Levitical laws don't apply to us today. We understand that. But we do know that they were given to us as an example, as an example for us to learn from today. And I do believe that spiritually, there's a spiritual application here. And the spiritual application is this. The running issue in this passage basically serves as a picture or a representation of sin. And I want to show you just real quickly tonight, and I'll try not to spend too much time, but I want to give you six correlations between the running issue of the flesh and the way that it works in the same way as sin in our lives. So notice Leviticus chapter 15 and verse 2, and you'll see point number one tonight. It says, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When any man hath a running issue, notice what he says, out of his flesh. When any man hath the running issue... Out of his flesh, because of his issue, he is unclean. Keep your place there in Leviticus 15. Go to the book of Mark, Mark chapter number 7. You got Matthew, Mark. When you get to Mark, do me a favor and put a ribbon or a bookmark or a bulletin or something in Mark because we're going to come back to the book of Mark. So I'd like you to be able to get there quickly. And here's point number one for those of you that like to take notes, and I'd encourage you to take notes. uh, Be On the back of your course of the week, you have a place to take notes. Point number one is this. The running issue of sin flows from our flesh. The running issue of sin flows from our flesh. You need to understand that sin, sin problem, is something that comes from within, not necessarily something that comes from without. Mark chapter number 7, and I I put it on my notes here, but I actually want to read a few uh, verses before that. Mark chapter 7, look at verse number, I, I said verse number 21, but look at... Verse number 17. Notice what it says. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the drought, purging all meats. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. Notice verse 21. From, he says, for, notice what he says, from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Here's what he's saying. In Leviticus, we see that we're told that you have a running issue. What is that? Something that's gushing, something that's uh, discharging, something that's coming out. And we're told, but it comes out of your flesh. And you say, well, how does that correlate to sin? Well, it correlates to sin in this way, that sin will often gush out out from within. It comes from our heart. It comes from the inside, and it goes out, and it defiles us. Go to Galatians. Keep your place there in Mark. Go to Galatians chapter 5. You're there in Mark. You're going to go past Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians. Now, do me another favor. Put a ribbon or a bookmark or something there, because we're going to come back to Mark, and we're going to come back to Galatians, and those are the three places. I need you in Leviticus, Mark, and Galatians, but notice Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. Look at verse number 19. Galatians chapter number 5. And verse number 19, the Bible says, Now the works of the flesh are, I want you to notice this word, manifest. What's it mean to manifest? It means to make known. It means to make appear. It means that someone can see it. He says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Notice it's outward. Which are these? What are the works of the flesh? Adultery. Fornication uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, immolations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before as I've told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I want you to notice, he says these things are manifest. You can see them. And in the same way, and we understand Leviticus 15 is talking about, in some of those examples, he's talking about uh, areas that are not generally seen by the public. But here's the point. When you have an area of your body that either is an open sore or for whatever reason has blood gushing out of it, pus gushing out of it, all of those things, that's going to be very apparent. It's something that you can see. It's something that is manifest. And you know what? When, as a Christian, spiritually, you've got a sin problem, when you've got an open sin sore and you've got pride and arrogance and strife and evil speaking gushing out of you, you know what happens? It becomes real apparent to everybody else. It's manifest, it's seen. But notice notice the contrast. Look at verse 22. Galatians 5:22. But the fruit of the spirit. So this is the the opposite of the flesh. Because the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. But then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, notice, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. And here's what he's saying. When someone's walking in the Spirit, you don't don't necessarily see that. Because oftentimes, when someone's walking in the Spirit, you know what they're doing is they're not reacting. What's it mean to be long-suffering? Is they're patient. What's it mean to be gentle? It means you're not being harsh what's it mean to be tempered it means you're controlling yourself so you see this difference and here's the thing if someone walked into church tonight and they had just a gash in their forehead just they they injured themselves and they have a sore and it's just squirting out blood that would be apparent to all of us right but here's the thing when I walked up here tonight when I walked up to the platform I'm saying physically you didn't think to yourself like man you know what pastor Jimenez doesn't have he doesn't have blood gushing out of his head Right? Because don't, we don't think about those things. When things are healthy, when things are right, they're kept inside. They're kept under control. They're kept with long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. But when there's a sin problem, when there's a pride problem, when there's a strife problem, when there's an evil thoughts, an evil communication problem, all of a sudden that comes from within and it starts gushing out. That's right. See, the running issue of sin flows out flows out from the flesh. Keep your place there in Galatians. Keep your place in Mark. Go to Leviticus 15. Go to Leviticus 15. So we see number one, the running issue of sin flows from our flesh. But number two, notice the running issue of sin defiles you. The running issue of sin defiles you. Look at Leviticus 15 and verse two. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When any man hath a running issue out of his flesh, notice what it says, because of his issue, he is unclean. The word unclean means defiled, polluted. It means pollution. That's, that's how the word is translated in other places. And think about it. I mean, this is the word of God. But I mean, is there anything more disgusting than watching pus come out of somebody? <laughs> You know, it's not really a nice picture, right? But this is the illustration that God gives of sin. He says, look, sin is not something pretty to look at. Sin is not something nice to look at. It's not something that you want coming out of you. Notice verse 3. And this shall be his uncleanness in his issue. Whether his flesh run with the issue or his flesh be stopped from this issue, it is his uncleanness. It is his defilement. It is his pollution. He is polluted. Go to Mark chapter 7. Go back to Mark 7. Look at verse 20. We saw in verses 21 through 22 that sin comes from the heart. That which goeth into the mouth, that's not what defiles a man, but what comes out of your heart, that's what defiles a man. Notice Mark 7 and verse 20. And he said, That which cometh out of man, that defileth the man. That's what makes you unclean. That's what makes you defiled and polluted. Look at verse 23. All these evil things come from within... Notice, and defile the man. So we saw number one, go back to Leviticus 15. We saw number one, and I I got six points tonight. I'm going to try to move through them quickly. Number one, the running issue of sin flows out from within, flows out from our flesh. And listen, it's like when we were talking about leprosy several weeks ago. All you're doing is putting your flesh on display. All you're doing is saying, hey, look, watch, everybody. Just watch my flesh, gushing out, coming out. We saw number two, the running issue of sin defiles you. Number three, look at Leviticus 15. The running issue of sin can affect anyone. The running issue of sin can affect anyone. Look at verse, Leviticus 15, verse 2. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them. Notice what he says. When, notice these two words, any man. When, any man. And I want you to notice, it doesn't say if, it says when. And then he says any man. You know what he's saying? This is issue of sin can affect anyone. No one is immune to it. It can attack you. It can start gushing and running out of you. Look at verse, skip down to verse number 19. Leviticus 15 and verse 19. Notice what he says in verse 19. He says, and if a woman have an issue, you say, oh, well, that's, that's that's a man thing, you know, to start having all this sin gushing out. No, you know what? It can affect women too. It can affect anybody. First Corinthians 10, 13, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says this, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. The Bible says there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And right before that verse, you know what he says? He says, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And I don't care how many times you've read the Bible. I don't care how many years you've been coming to church. I don't care how long you've been in ministry. I don't care how spiritual think you are. The running issue of sin is something that can affect all of us. It can take over anyone. Uh, uh, an injury can cause you to start having a gush and, and come out and discharge over everybody. Spiritually, pride can affect anybody. Spiritually, anger can affect anybody. Anybody can fall into these sins of adultery, fornication. These are all things that our flesh has a tendency to want to do. So we saw, number one, the running issue of sin flows from our flesh. And we saw, number two, that the running issue of sin defiles you. And we saw, number three, that the running issue of sin can affect anybody. You know, if you think, oh, well, I, I do so much for the church and I've read my Bible so many times and I spend so much time in prayer. Hey, let him that thinketh he stands, take heed lest he fall. Amen. Because it could affect you and it could hurt you and it could bother you and it could come upon, uh, come, come upon you like an open sore, oozing out pus. Our sin is ugly and disgusting and sickening. Number four, go, go to Leviticus 15. Leviticus 15, look at verse three. And this shall be his uncleanness and his issue. Whether his flesh run with his issue or his flesh be stopped from his issue, it is his uncleanness. Here's point number four. The running issue of sin can spread and defile others. You know how disease spreads? The running issue of sin... I mean, he's literally telling the children of Israel, he said, if you've got someone who's got an open sore and it's gushing out blood and it's gushing out pus and it's infected and it's not healing and you can't get it to stop, you know, uh, bleeding all over everything. He said, look, you got to separate. You got to be careful around those people because the running issue can spread and defile others. Notice verse four. Notice what he says. Every bed, every bed whereon he lieth that half the issue is unclean. And everything whereon he sitteth shall be unclean. And whosoever touches his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And he that sitteth on anything whereon he sat that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Look at verse seven. And he that touches the flesh of him that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And for he that hath the, uh, the issue spit upon him that is clean, then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And what so, I mean, he's, he's just going overboard to make sure you understand. Notice verse 9. And what saddle he rideth upon that hath the issue shall be unclean. And whosoever touches anything that was under him shall be unclean until the evening. And he that beareth any of those things shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whomsoever he touches that hath the issue and hath not rinsed his hands and washed He shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Go to the book of Hebrews just real quickly. Hebrews chapter number 12. Let me show you something. If you kept your place in Galatians, remember I asked you to keep your place in Galatians. If you kept your place in Galatians, you're just going to go past Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 12. Here's what I want you to understand. The running issue of sin can spread and defile to others. Doesn't the Bible say a little leaven leaven leaveneth the whole lump? You know what you will know happen at Verity Baptist Church? If we allow one arrogant, one prideful, one angry, one wrathful person to come in here and have a bad attitude and have an open sore and start gushing all of that pride and arrogance, you know what will happen? It will just start spreading. If you allow people to come in here and they're just living in open fornication, they've just got their open sore gushing all over everybody, nothing none, none wrong with it. What's wrong with this? All this posture just coming out of what you think is disgusting. Yeah, God thinks it's disgusting. Amen. And, and, and if we just sit there and say, oh, it's no big deal. You know what's going to happen? That infection is going to spread because sin spreads and it defiles. And you know what God says? When you realize that somebody has their flesh just gushing all over you, be careful because it might infect you. That sin might get all over you. And, and you, you go to churches and it's like everybody has a bad attitude. You go to churches and just everybody's prideful. You go to churches and just everybody's just, you know, trying to up the other person and doing things to be seen. You say, where does that stuff come from? Here's where it comes from. It comes from somebody gushing their flesh all over everybody else and everybody just thinks it's okay. And you just, well, I'm just going to go sit in the same seat they, they sat. Well, be careful. You might get infected. Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 15. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. Notice what the Bible says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Now notice what he says. Lest any root, lest any root of bitterness. Now bitterness is the running issue. Notice where it comes from. It comes from within. It flows from within. It's the root of bitterness. Notice these two words, springing up. Doesn't that kind of remind you of gushing and flowing? Springing up, Notice, you say, what will a root of bitterness springing up and gushing and flowing do? Here's what it'll do it'll trouble you, it'll defile you, and thereby many be defiled, it'll defile others. If we, if you, listen to me, if you get around bitter people, you'll start being bitter. That's right. You get around angry people, you'll start being angry. You get around proud people, you'll start being proud. You say, well, what do I do? Here's what you do you just be real careful. You see them gushing their blood all over everywhere. You know, they just got up from a seat. I'm not going to sit in that chair. I'm not going to ride in that saddle. I'm not going to come in contact with that. Why? Because I don't want all that stuff that's gushing out of them getting all over me. I don't want that stuff coming out from me. Because here's the thing. I'm a man and you're a man and you're a person like all of us. We all have the sin nature and any of us at any point can get injured, can get a sore and start gushing our flesh and our pus and our sin all over anyone else. And God says you better be careful because the running issue of sin can spread and defile others. But Go go back to Leviticus 15. Look at verse number eight. Verse number eight is probably the most interesting verse in this chapter, I think. Leviticus 15 and verse 8. Notice what it says. And if he that hath the issue, notice these words, spit upon him. Spit upon him. Now when you read that, you got to think to yourself, what? I mean, look, you, if you're bleeding, you can accidentally squirt your blood on a chair, not realize it, walk away and have somebody else sit in that chair. You know, that's how you spread disease. You know, that's Accidentally. I don't think you can accidentally spit on someone. I mean, right? I think think spitting is a very just on-purpose act. And if he that hath the issue spit upon him that is clean, then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Now look, when someone physically has a cut or an injury that's gushing out, flowing out blood and pus, They have an open sore that will not heal. And then they go and spit on you. I think it's pretty safe to say that they're just trying to infect you with whatever they've got. They're just trying to spread. They're they're not accidentally spreading their disease. They're just trying to spread that disease. And can you think of anything more disrespectful than spitting on someone? I mean, if if, if you want to get a reaction out of somebody, walk up to them and just spit in their face. I'm saying physically. You know, don't do it to me. All right. But you just walk up to someone, just spit in their face and see what happens. I mean, you're going to get a reaction out of them. And you know what happens? Sometimes people, they have an injury. They're gushing out pride and strife and anger and wrath. And you say, what do they do? Sometimes they spit on you. Why? Because they're trying to get a reaction out of you. Because they want, you know, what's the, what's the tendency, the human nature? What is human? Look, if someone spits on you, you know what the, the initial inclination is? Spit back. <laughs> right? I mean, if somebody, if somebody spits on you, I mean, you're either going to punch them in the face or you're going to spit back. Right? But here's the thing. What does God say to do? Notice what he says. Leviticus fifteen eight. And if he that hath an issue spit upon him that is clean... Then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Here's what God says. Don't worry about getting in a spitting match with somebody. If somebody has a disease of pride and arrogance and variance and emulations and strife and deceit and evil speaking and evil eyes, if if they've got a pride problem or an issue of sin and they're trying to infect you with it, don't sit there and fight with them. Go home and wash up and try to make sure that doesn't get stuck on you. Try to make sure you don't get infected with that. Try to make sure you don't get that disease. Try to make sure you don't have any open wounds gushing anything out of you. And you know in our society, people will spiritually spit on you. They'll say things to you. They'll say things about you. And you know what's a great platform in our society today to spit on someone? Social media. You can just make a comment, you can make a video, and what are you doing? You're just, you're just trying to get someone to react. You're trying to get someone to provoke. You're, you're provoking them. You know, someone makes a comment, or someone likes a comment, or someone makes a video, or someone, you know, someone will make a video attacking you, and then someone else will like that video. Right? What are they trying to say? They're just trying to spit on you. They'll put it on their Facebook page. Why? Because they just want the world to know, I don't like that guy. I'm a, I'm, what are you doing? They're spiritually spitting on you. you. Say, well, what do you do? You go home and wash your clothes and wash your flesh and try to make sure that whatever's gushing out of them doesn't get all over you. Amen. You know, people today, people today, they, they love fights. They want you to fight. They want you to react. They want, you know, they'll call or they'll send an email and they're like, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, like egging you on. You know, you say, well, what are you going to do about it? Here's what I'm going to do about it. I'm pretty sure I'm an independent Baptist. Amen. Amen. I'm pretty sure I pastor an autonomous church. I'm pretty sure, as a Baptist, what that means is that this is a self governing church. Excuse me, I didn't realize that I was supposed to have my sermon notes reviewed and approved by a panel of my peers. I I was was under the impression that I just got to preach whatever the Bible says and I don't have to get permission from anybody to say whatever I want. As long as I'm preaching it from the Bible and as long as I'm proving it from the Bible, I don't, look, we're not a denomination. People say, well, did you know that these people are saying this about you? I don't care what people are saying about me. Look, if you want to make the arguments, make the arguments. But I don't have, you're not, all I'm trying to say is this, it's going to be a cold day in hell before somebody bullies me into changing my position. We are Independent Baptists, and people try to get us to, pin, to be pinned against each other and fighting against each other. I'm not interested in getting a spitting match. I'm interested in making sure that whatever's gushing out of you doesn't get all over me. I'm an Independent Baptist, and people say, "Like, well, don't you know all these people are talking crap about you on Facebook?" Let me explain something to you. I don't need 5,000 people I've never met to confirm or affirm or flatter me in order for me to be comfortable with my positions. Say, well, all these people are talking bad about you on Facebook. When's the last time you saw me on Facebook? I'll tell you how much I care about yeah, Well, aren't you afraid that all these people are going to... Look, I'm afraid about what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. Say, well, all these people, you know, they don't agree with you. Well, look, they, they can make whatever decisions they want. Here's all I'm saying. I don't, I don't need to be confirmed by anybody else. I'm an independent Baptist preacher. And if you want me to get on board with your arguments, just start making better arguments. If you want me to get on board with your arguments, look, because people we are like, oh, well, you know, you got to get on board. And we got to be united and we got to look. That's why I left the independent Federal Baptist movement to begin with. Because they were telling me, well, the pre rapture, everyone's got to get on board. Everyone's just got to say the same thing. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but you're explaining away verses. Your arguments don't make sense. I'm not going to sit here and get in a position that doesn't make sense. Amen. And then today, it's like, well, you got to do the same thing. No, I'm not interested in that. Thank you. I'm an independent Baptist. Look, if you've got arguments, make the arguments. But as soon as you cross the line into hurling insults and making fun, you're no longer speaking to me. You're just spitting on me and I'm not interested in getting what you've got. I'm not interested in putting my pride and arrogance on display. I've got it like anybody else. I'm just trying to keep it contained. You got to make an argument, make the argument. And if you don't like my arguments, then make better arguments. And if you don't think it makes sense, that's fine. It doesn't have to make sense. That's why we're independent. We're not in a denomination. We're not taking our marching orders from any pope. I said, number one, the running issue of sin flows from our flesh. I said, number two, the running issue of sin defiles you. I said, number three, the running issue of sin can affect anyone. I said, number four, the running issue of sin can spread and defile others. Number six, look at Leviticus 15 and verse three. And this shall be his uncleanness and his issue, whether his flesh run with his issue or his flesh be stopped from his issue. It is his uncleanness. I want you to catch this. He says, look, if your flesh runs with an issue or if your flesh be stopped with an issue, it is your uncleanness. Look at verse 12. And the vessels of earth that he touches with the issues shall be broken, and every vessel of wood shall be rinsed in water. Look at verse 13. And when he that hath an issue is cleansed of his issue. Notice what it says. In verse 3, we saw that it stopped. In verse 13, we saw that he was cleansed. When he shall number to himself seven days for his cleansing and wash his clothes and base his flesh in running water and shall be clean. Notice verse 14. And on the eighth day he shall take to him two doves or two young pigeons and come from before the Lord of the tabernacle, the congregation, and give them unto the priest. And the priest shall offer them. The one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord for his issue. Here's what I want you to understand. Simply stopping the flow is not enough. You say, oh, I had this bleeding that wouldn't stop. I had this sore that kept gushing pus." Here's the problem. Simply stopping it is not enough. Notice he says, you stop it, you cleanse it, and then you go and make it right. Then you go and give a sacrifice. Go to Numbers chapter 5. Numbers chapter 5. See, people today, they'll, they'll have their running issue just gushing over everybody. You have women in church that are just gossiping and spreading lies and slandering people. And then they think like, oh, I'm just going to stop. Well, you know what? That's not enough. You actually got to make it right with God and with the person you offended. Oh, right. Numbers chapter 5. Look at verse 6. Numbers chapter 5, verse 6. Speak unto the children of Israel. When a man or woman shall commit any sin that, that men commit to do a trespass against the Lord and that person be guilty, then they shall confess their sin, which they have done, and he shall recompense his trespass with the principles thereof, and add unto it the fifth part thereof, and give it unto him against whom he hath trespassed. But if the man have no kinsman to recompense the, the trespass unto, let, him, let the trespass be recompensed unto the Lord. Here's what he's saying. If you can make it right to the person you did wrong, then make it right. Now look, sometimes you can't make it right. Sometimes we hurt people, and we do things we shouldn't do, and it's just it. And that's fine. You apologize, and you move on, whatever. But if you can make, here's what I'm saying. You can't go around gossiping about somebody, talking crap about someone, hurting somebody, and then just be like, oh, okay, I got my running issue healed. Now I'm just going to stop. God says, no, 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 that's not enough. You need to confess it. You need to make it right. Amen. You need to, he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Don't miss this. And to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. Isn't that what he keeps saying in this passage? Go and bathe. Go and wash your clothes. Go and make it right. Simply stopping the running issue of sin is not enough. Go back to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5. He goes into other running issues in this chapter. And you can read those and study those on your own. Mark chapter number 5. I want you to notice the most famous running issue in the Bible. So we saw from Leviticus, the running issue of sin flows from our flesh. And the running issue of sin defiles you. And the running issue of sin can affect anyone. And the running issue of sin can spread and defile others. And sometimes those dealing with a running issue of sin attempt to infect others. And simply stopping the running issue of sin is not enough. You've got to make confession and make it right. At least with God. Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, you have the most famous story of someone having a running issue in the Bible. And I want you to notice what happens in the story. Mark chapter 5 and verse 25, notice what it says. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, no one was able to help her, and had spent all that she had. I mean, she was trying to earn it. She was trying to purchase for it. She was trying to get it in any way. The healing that she needed and was nothing better, but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole and straightway notice the fountain. What is, what is that? That's the running issue, the flowing, the gushing, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him, All the truth. Notice verse 34. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. This is the most famous story in the Bible of someone who was healed with a running issue. And you say, how were they healed? The same way everybody gets healed through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's interesting because in the story, you'll see that she was trying to solve it different ways. She suffered many things and many physicians. You know there's people with running issues today and they're going to all sorts of physicians spiritually, they're going to all sorts of churches and all sorts of... They're trying to get healed through this thing and that thing, and it doesn't work. It says that she had spent all that she had. Today, you got people trying to work and earn forgiveness of sins. They're trying to get it through repenting, through living a good life. And and she was trying to just, man, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll earn it if I can. And it wasn't enough. But notice, when she came to Christ, and here's what's interesting. Look at verse 30. And Jesus immediately, knowing in him the virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, now here's what's interesting. His disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitudes thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? Here's what's interesting. Many were touching him. Only one got healed. And today you've got all sorts of people that are thronging Jesus. They're religious people. Many shall say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord. They'll say, we were with you. We were thronging you. We were there. And, and, but listen to me. Just because you're religious, just because you're religious doesn't mean that your running issue has been healed. This woman came to him in faith. She gave up on everything else. She, didn't, she, she wasn't there saying, well, I, you know, I, I gotta trust in Christ and repent of my sins. Well, I gotta trust in Christ and get baptized. Well, I got to trust in Christ and live a good life so that I don't lose it later on. No, she said, you know what? I tried the physicians. I tried paying for it. I tried everything. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm just going to try. I'm just, I'm just try Jesus. And she put her faith and trust in Christ. And then it's interesting because, you know, Jesus is God. He knows everything. But he asked this question, who touched me? And he looked round about, verse 32. It says, he, her, that I'd done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. It was interesting because he, he, the faith was already there. She had already been healed. But you know what? Jesus just wanted to hear her say it. He's like, who touched me? And they're like, all these people are touching you. What are you talking about, Jesus? He's like, no, somebody touched me. And she comes out, and the Bible says, and told him all truth. People tell them, "Oh, you always, you're, you're, you're adding works to salvation by telling people they have to call upon the name of the Lord. Can't he just heal them through faith? Of course he can. But you know what? He wants to hear it too. He wants to hear them say it. He wants to hear them call for it. He wants to hear them ask for it. And he said unto her daughter, thy faith, not thy words, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, Whole of thy plague. And before you start thinking and, you know, thinking, oh, I'm better than this person. I'm better. I'd never do that. Hey, just realize, just realize, we all, we all, every single one of us, every single person in this room, from right here all the way to the end, have a sin problem. And sometimes injuries and sometimes attacks and sometimes we get hurt and we have sores and we have injuries and they start gushing out a little. So what do you do? You just pray for those people and you just try to make sure that that stuff doesn't get all over you. Don't go get in a spitting match. Look, do me a favor. Don't get in a spitting match on my behalf either. I appreciate it. But you know what? Would you just go wash your clothes, wash your body, try to make sure you don't get infected and just move on for Christ. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these chapters that we can learn from. Practical applications. And Father, I pray that you would just help us Lord, help us to be patient, long-suffering, gentle. Help us to have all the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. And when people are trying to get us to react and trying to get us to start a big fight, Lord, help us to just, just go home and wash your clothes. Try to stay healthy. We love you, Lord. We pray all these things in the matchless name of Christ. Amen.